0: This is the At 530 On Main podcast. I'm Sean
1: Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert
0: in designing online experiences
1: and VPS architecture, an
0: expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 5.30 on Main podcast episode.
1: Hey, here's a question on experience before we get started. So mm-hmm. I know we're recording now, but it just popped into my head. And as I sit here and I, um, you know, I listen to S- Simon Schneck's podcast this morning, which he was a guest on, and he talked about, you know, the visionaries. Yeah. And then they talk about successful, but they brought up like Apple. And I forget the one guy at Microsoft that, Headed Microsoft for a while and then he left, but he talked about success, but he was like, was he really successful other than he was in the right place at the right time? He was really a a doer, the tactician, not the mm-hmm. visionary. And once they lost the visionary, the the company loses focus, blah, blah, blah. Where's
0: Apple at today, you think?
1: Where are they going? Yeah. I or mean, Where are they at?
0: Where are they at? <laughs> I mean, since their visionary is gone. Yeah. I mean,
1: have they really evolved? I, I don't think they – I think they'll stop evolving, I also think it has to do with what are we gonna do with China? What is it Huawei anyways I to get off track, but you know as we think about this and experience and everything like that, and we talk about everybody, start looking thinking about oh our company, how it's set up, you know life as much as people want to fight it, life is really a pyramid, everything's mm-hmm. a pyramid, and you can ascend to your level, I think, yeah, but being realistic with yourself on what level do you think you can attain and what do you really want to attain? And it's great to say I want to be. Greatest of all time. I want to be Steve Jobs. Yeah. Well.
0: I can say that effectively after going through five weeks of giant training and having my Sherpa in here, I can tell you that the why resonates more and more. You need to ask that question five times. So you have to ask yourself the first question is how did I get myself into this or why (laughs) did I get myself into this? Is is that a good thing? Then what is the why for that? And then five more whys down will get you to why are we actually doing this? Why are you doing all that? This is why I'm doing it, and this is how I'm doing it. What is 35 million dollar project going to do for you? What is it going to do for you? Not what is it going to do for the company? Not is what it going to do for your partners? Like what is it going to do for you?
1: Right. Well, and it tailors back into like, I see everything in a lean format. Mm-hmm. Like everything is a lean format. So when, same question, when we start talking about, well, we need to raise our fees. We need to we need to cut this. And it was funny because they actually talked about that in the podcast was the tactician do that comes in, replaces the visionary. Mm-hmm. Cuts cost over here. Cut R&D. Yeah, we don't need it. Cut this. We don't need it. That's all the stuff that made your business where it was, and that's all driven by the visionary, not the tactician, the guy that can make the spreadsheets look good, right? Yeah. And make the bottom line look good and make the the building operate. But it's a sufficiency and lean in this experience.
0: Yeah. So what you have is you have – it's interesting. The world is made up of nurturers and guardians. And those nurturer and guardians are the ones that are the one of them is the nurturer is the one that will immediately sniff out anything that is not withstanding company values. Or when that tactician comes in and says, If we cut out all these programs, we're going to save $62 million this year on overhead alone. The Nurture is going to be the first one to come back around and go, if you do that, you've ripped out every bit of cultural fiber that we have. And what you see now will not exist in a year to two years. There was a visionary Mm -hmm. that was in front that said, invest in your community. Continue to invest in your community. Your community will love you back. And we continue to put people into the community. CEO said, I'm moving on. And now the current leadership is going to the tune of 400 and plus employees.
1: Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does that do to, that's great. Bottom line looks great. But your whole company suffers and then your work suffers. And then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. And I, I think every. Business goes through it. We're just going through it right now. And it's like, how? I just think about it as I, you know, I have a three and a half year old. And really, yeah, I think your wife asked about the questions. Are the questions coming yet? And like, not so much. But you see more and more, I've got to be his role model. You know, I had no role models growing up. And I had no real mentors through school, through work ever that I can point back to and say, yep, I, you know. I saw a bunch of people and things like, I don't like that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. But I never had I want to emulate that. Yeah. I mean, aside from, you know, Daniel Leviskin was a famous architect, like probably never going to meet him, probably never going to be in the same room, never going to – yeah, he's great. But that's, you know, if you're playing basketball, it's Michael Jordan. If you're baseball, Cal Ripken Jr. when I was growing up, you know. Yeah. But those are outside influence, but people that are truly connected to you and truly influence you, that experience, I never had. So I start to think about, man, how how am I going to be this for my son? (laughs) So that when he, you know, when he's 25, after the period of hating me, being away and pulling away, you know, and being their own independent person, that they come back around say, you know, I'm glad you were there for me. I'm glad we got to experience all this stuff. Yeah. Going through life. Same thing in the company. I, I kinda consider that the same way if you're a leader in a company. That's how you should envision your company, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, the employees go, I'm glad we went on this journey together, had this experience, all these projects, were frustrated with each other, were happy, we're doing all this great stuff. And at the end of the day, whenever someone walks away, it's like, Thanks for being here and thanks for going on this journey. And you know, one of the firms in it's all about not doing the negativity thing, you know, not everybody, companies are, they're rivals to look to what are they doing good and what can we do, but it's not to destroy them, right? The competitiveness, because it's just toxicity. So that experience, you know, how does that translate as an organization, as a father, as a community, you know? We just talked about yeah, getting ready to be involved in a bigger community as Knox goes to pre-K. So you know, there's that new community. You know, and how are you going to balance all this stuff? Yeah, and time.
0: Now the experience of just that the the fiber of just the company is very very important because as The company gets to what the bottom line needs to be and and wants to be. You and I have talked about it. Like there has to be someone who is not making the cookies anymore. Like I have come to the realization that I personally will probably never, ever program again. Mm -hmm. Like if I do my job, I'll never program again. If I do the right job as the founder of Extend Group, right. that is empowering right. everyone in this this organization. As we start to put more and more people back on, I should never have to program again. I shouldn't have to want to edit this video right here. Yeah, there should be people who are being empowered to do those things, yeah. and I should feel empowered to go tell their stories.
1: Yeah, and that was—I mean—that's the same. We watched that video. Uh, was it big? Yeah. Great firming. You you watch them and that's all the, you call them star architects. Yeah. But that's all of them. They're just sitting there. They're outlining the vision for the project. Here it is. Yeah. Now go make it happen. Right. I think it was Frank, Frank Gary, the, what was the, was it the opera house in Los Angeles that he did with a lot of the curves? Yes. And how he got that commission was he took a lily that was blooming, mm-hmm. put it in a bowl of water, said in front of the client and said, this is going to be your building. That's the story of how he won that commission. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's, he wasn't sitting there doing a presentation to say, we're going to make all these curves and it's going to be cool and you're going to have this experience. And
0: yeah, he's like, here's the
1: experience. Yeah. It's a flower that opens up, you experience it. And and so I think to me, that's a lot of, yeah, exactly what we're talking about. It's like some point, if you're not going to detach yourself from, I'm not going to be doing the drafting. I'm not doing specs. I'm not, I'm just guiding all these projects and making sure they get done. Right, number one, <laughs> right, they're not getting done. Wait, what am I doing wrong? How are we not setting people up to succeed, and what tools do they need because we're just repeating this on the next project and repeating and repeating like okay, you're not offering anything new,
0: and everyone can say that they're using the greatest piece of technology, yeah. and now they're integrating i o t and lean and whatever the next thing is, and you know, we're doing augmented reality and we're doing all these things. But quite frankly, if the person that you're, you're doing business with doesn't appreciate all those things and know exactly why you're doing that and you have shown them that you really value the experience just dealing with them, there is no business.
1: Right.
0: Like the – let's say – you know, $3.2 million projects come in or the $32 million projects come in, you know, there's going to be some individuals that ask, was it done on time? Was it done on budget? And then the client like it.
1: Right.
0: Now, the thing that's always at, that's the bean counter approach. It's like the person that's really thinking about the future vision of the organization is going to say, was everyone in there in those meetings heard? And was their opinions valued and did they have an impact on the final result? And if your organization can show those things, you'll have clients that go a lifetime.
1: Yes. But and also during the project. Yeah. Because the thing we run into is a lot of times, depending on the size of the project, you're designing it for up to a year or more. Yeah. No one can remember, right? Hey, remember last January when we had a design meeting and you said you wanted X, Y, Z. So how are we documenting that, right, during the whole design process so that people know, oh, they heard me last January. Yeah. And it's now over a year ago and they're still saying, you know, this is what you guys wanted, remember? This is what we decided on. And that has cost implication, has time implication, right, for everything. Yeah. And so that experience, you can constantly remind people that they were – they've been heard throughout that process it does make a difference in your projects and i think it goes faster
0: well and what giant and the training that we're going to lead and facilitate basically says that teams the average team in the US is operating at less than 60% efficiencies less than All teams built in the U.S. are operating at an organizational efficiency of 60%. 80-plus percent of those people on those teams hate their job, hate's a strong word, dislike their job because there is no future vision and everything is being task-managed. Yeah. Because they are, as an individual, not being celebrated their talents are not being like the key piece being everyone speaks, not everyone is heard. Yeah. Because yeah. you walk into meetings and there are certain characteristics of individuals that typically lead up teams that are, hey, let's go into this room and let's talk today and let's brainstorm. But my idea is first. Let me pitch mine right. first. And then everybody else, you know, if you have a good idea, put it on the table. But I'm going to tell you we're going to move
1: forward with this one. Or they listen to everybody's ideas first, and then they tell you, yeah, no, no, this is what we're doing. Yeah, It's like, well, that doesn't – or, hey, guys, go figure this out. Two weeks later, I'll change it. Yeah. And I'll add my little twist and turn – but it's – I think it's also appreciation, like in that you have to show appreciation differently because everybody should have different goals and motives within the business, outside of the business that drive them, right? Yeah. So, if it's money, maybe it's money. And if it's really the love of doing great design work, you try to get them more engaged in the front-end design effort. Yeah. Right? Whatever it is. But I think people struggle with – I think I see more leaders struggle with, well, I did it this way. What's wrong with that? I I don't care. Why should you care? And then you look at yourself and you go, well, yeah, if you don't care, why should I care? Mm-hmm. So then I'm just going to do the bare minimum, right? And well, but I'm working 80 hours a week. Why? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, why? You're in here every Saturday. Why? <laughs> All right. What, what what are we talking about? Here? So, Design experience. We, that is the experience. I us down the rabbit hole. Yeah. I apologize. So. No,
0: this is good because we are starting the at 5:30 on <laughs> Main podcast. Why at 5:30 on Main? This. Actual podcast studio that we call Extension Studio now is located at 530 on Main. 530 Main Street, Evansville, Indiana. It's hosted by Sean Collins. It's hosted by Mike Davis. Mike Davis from VPS Architecture. Sean Collins from Extend Group. Mike is a designer of physical spaces, physical experiences. Bricks and mortar put together for individuals to... um, for shelter, for enjoyment, Extend Group, the company that I founded over 13 years ago, was uh, built on the digital experience of websites and interactive CDs. And it was—it's interesting that I went through this process last week with one of my colleagues, and I said, it, I, "We were looking at the Extend brand, mm-hmm. and just like." tell me about the logo. And I'm looking at the logo, and I'm like, yes, it's actually that X that you see yeah. right here is the Extend. It used to be Extend Interactive, and the X and the I, it was for UX and at the beginning, UX, right. and then we have the I there for Interactive. And it, over time, has evolved into Extend Group. but as much as... Um, I would say that extend group matches what we do today. The interactive part is much more of where we're at because you and I both are building interactive spaces, interactive technology, using interactive tools to help our clients understand those things. So as much as we have evolved into a consortium group, of a lot of different thought leaders from a lot of different places and how we attack projects are are very different than what we did in the beginning. Interaction and interactive is very much a, (laughs) a part of what we do today. So, at 530 on Main, it's about community discussions. It's about interactive experiences. It's about uh, experiences within our community. We have all kinds of individuals coming through this podcast studio with us. There's design podcasts. There's technology podcasts. There's a lot of things out there. But the one thing I believe you and I, over the many years, have worked together. It's building experiences. Mike and I met through nonprofit organizations. Uh, the organization that comes to mind is we were both on the board of directors for Leadership Evan, uh, Evansville at the time. Now it's Everyone, mm-hmm. but we met there. And our relationship has evolved over time into actually being neighbors and partners in this podcast. Yeah. So, you know, for the listeners at 530 on Main is a little bit of what we just talked about. And I think it's going to be a live conversation about a lot of things that happen within our community. It happens in our community is, is all a sense of physical space. It's online. I mean, we're building walkways today that that have to have like cultural things attached to them so that we can live in the digital space. We are attracting individuals throughout our community to come to a walkway or in a downtown area to take pictures in front of lit walls with different experiences for different seasons. And that's what's bringing people here that then creates the experience that says, everyone, I love my downtown. And then they share that through the digital Insta or whatever they prefer, probably older like Facebook now and Twitter (laughs) still. And then if not, everything else is in video format somewhere across the world wide web here. So at 530 on Main, 530 Main Street, Extension Studio, VPS Architecture, Extend Group. And we're just here to have good conversations around the word experience. So I'm going to leave that whole little segment in there that we just started with. I think it would be good for the viewers to understand the conversations that we have before it starts, this podcast starts. And really what we, if we go to lunch, those conversations happen. And then if we're texting, playing golf, whatever it is, there's those kind of conversations that happen a lot between Mike and I. And I think that's why we're sitting across the table. That's why he's on the fourth floor upstairs and we're on the first floor downstairs and there's a collaboration between the two organizations. So, Mike, I, I thank you for being a co-host on this podcast with us Thank and you. and look forward to having the conversations with all the community, whether it be architecture, it would be healthcare, it'll be interactive, it'll be construction. I believe there's uh, – we have – individuals who make guitars yeah. on the podcast coming up. So um, what do you think about at 530 on May?
1: Well, I think when uh, anybody that listens to this being the first one, you say, hey, what is this going to be about? What is it? What is it about? Like you said, it's about design. It's about client interaction. Is about what is it about? And I think it's like we talked about experience, and experience means something different to everybody and how we experience things playing a guitar, watching a movie, watching a documentary, how you experience, you know, everybody's going to experience that differently, even though they're all in the same room. Music, you know, when you sit at a, sit and watch a concert, depending on where you're sitting, it's a different experience. So, when you work with clients, every client's going to be different. Their experience is going to be different. So, you want to tailor their experience to what you can provide them in the end result and end goal. So, it's always about or even a product, you know I think one of my questions is something you use every day, right? yeah, people I mean I'm always fascinated, I guess because as an architect you first thing you start doing is walking around looking you look at ceilings, you look at details on buildings, you look at the way buildings are laid out you start thinking why 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 did they why did they decide that? why did they decide to use these type of materials? yeah, was it just a you know it could be something as simple as it' look cool. I hate that, but <laughs> hopefully there's a better reason, but sometimes it is and but sometimes there's more thought out Something's more thought out than you than you give it credit, and yeah. so I'm always looking for that little tidbit of things you know one of the little things you find out in the like a pot and it has a hole in the handle. Do you know why that is do you ever do you ever see that video?
0: no. I have it's not a, seen that video. It's the
1: hold your spoon. Put your wooden spoon. Oh, and yeah. And on it sits and it can drip over the pot. Yeah. And that's where you put your spoon. Most people think it's staying up their pots, but mm-hmm. it's not it. That's where your spoon is And so it's And so yeah, yeah. it's one of those little cool. Oh. Like you never realize that, right? No. Until you're like, you know, Steve Jobs. If you ever watched the, the movie where it's Michael Fosbender mm-hmm. played. I don't know if you ever watched that. Yes. I think it's called forget what the name of it, but what, that's what I always liked when, when he made fun of the, what was it, the product before the iPhone that had the stylus. forget what it was called, but I remember he made some comment about, you know, yeah, it's great. Function's great, but, you know, you got to use the stylus thing, so... What are you doing with all your fingers, with Mm -hmm. the rest of your fingers, while you just have the stylus? And why couldn't you just... The
0: only thing I can continue to do right now is go, what it (laughs) it is. The Newton is what it was called. Boom. I started to type and I'm like, what was that? And started in an N, and then Newton. Yes, it was called the Newton. Yeah. So... And without individuals that ask those questions, we wouldn't have the experiences that we have. And oftentimes, the the thing that is undervalued in teams is the individual that asks that question. So, the experience of actually being on big design teams can often, like, those individuals typically represent less than, like, 9% of the population. But the individuals that experience those products are typically made up of around 60% of a, of a certain voice type. And they then have all kinds of other questions. But you have the ones that are less than 9%, and then you have the ones that are around you know, 55-plus percent, 60%. And without those two coming together and the individuals asking the creatives or the visionaries, if you will, going, this is my idea, which they can never really communicate it well. It's if it comes out the first time people say, what did they just say? And then six yeah. months later, when somebody comes back to the table and says the exact same thing, that individual gets very frustrated because they feel like six months ago they said the exact same right. thing. But the without that entire collective and everyone understanding how people communicate and what voice orders are and things like that, our experiences of our clients – within our families, within our communities, can oftentimes be segmented. They can be fragmented. And and I know you're sitting there going, what in the world does this have to do with digital media or physical spaces? But as we evolve, we talk about that Mm -hmm. interactive piece. We're all people talking to people. And if you look at this right here, I'm on Google, on my iPad here, and dictionary.com. Experience is a noun. Practical contact an observation of facts or events. So it's looking at it as I went to this location, I observed this, and this is now fact. Or the verb is to encounter or undergo an event or an occurrence. You know, it says the company is experiencing difficulties. So the when you look at that, you say the experience can either be factual, can be built through, you know, yep. complete processes and systems of, of time, which create fact, or it's a physical um, experience that you undergo.
1: Yeah. So one of our questions was, what does experience mean to you? And just listening to you talk there for a moment, it's like, well, to me, I guess I can sum it up as experience doesn't exist without the human element. So if people aren't using a building, what is it? Yes. It's just a thing sitting there. It might as well be a mountain or a rock or a tree or. Yeah. The humans are what give the building life and what and the human element, you know, just like with a website, if it. You can have a nice website sitting out there in cyberspace that nobody clicks on or goes to or knows about, right? That is
0: absolutely correct. There's a lot of those out there. There's a lot of mobile apps out there that no one ever uses, so it just
1: it doesn't exist. So there's no experience even happening. And so, imagine a basketball game with no body in attendance. Yeah. Right. What kind of? I mean, the players could play. Yeah, but there's a that's an experience as well. Yeah. Right. Having the fans there, having your parents there.
0: Yeah, I like to think of the word experience as an emotional connection to a moment is really where I take it today. Uh, as I said earlier, we're all people talking to people. We're all in space. Uh, we are wired to be a tribe of individuals that understand each other, that communicate And as I once stood from mountaintop saying that digital would rule the world and whether or not, you know, you agree today, it consumes well over four plus hours of your day within social media. It's not the digital experience that it was when we first started back in the mid slash late 90s, but it is part of where we're at today and we are building more and more of the connections through a thing that does not talk back, mm-hmm. that has no real emotion <laughs> other than an analytical response from, you know, artificial intelligence. So today I, I look at it and just say that uh, experience is an emotional connection of, of the human to human contact and really am always interested in how that that plays out. So Mm -hmm. whether it is a digital experience that our company helps build for the end consumer, which is typically the consumer of our partner, our clients, it becomes very important to figure out and ask very detailed questions. And I'm sure you go through the same thing when you're going, how do I take and build this space, which is going to be a very large budget, it's going to take many years to come to fruition. Before it is actually done, the ribbon cutting happens, people populate the space, and then that building needs to be sustainable for 10, 20, 30, 50, 75 years. Yeah. And that still needs to be the same building. So, how? I mean, what, is, what does that experience look like for, for your customers?
1: Well, I'd argue it wouldn't be the same building. Even after 10 years. um, I think if you're designing a building, I think it would be very hard or a challenge or it is challenging to build a building that you know is going to be around for years. Yes, you want them to be around for years. But really what you're designing is a building that's going to evolve throughout the years, right? Right. Um, To say, oh, it'll be this building, it'll never change is unrealistic. Uh, most buildings, they're doing remodel from the day they open. Good okay, si- good-sized buildings. You know, even the Ford Center is going through internal remodels every, you know, probably yearly. Some small, some big, but it's got to change and adapt. It's got to be able to adapt. And so we call it life cycle, right? So when a building reaches its life cycle where it's no longer financially responsible to keep
0: remodeling
1: it, And changing it, it's time to tear it down, start anew. So
0: how many of your customers, your partners, your clients really think that way? Uh, I can just say when, you know, when people come through, you know, various forms of connections with Extend Group, it's like, we want to design this and we would like it to stand for three to four years before we really see our return on investment. And... You know, what is the ROI we're going to see out of this and how are we going to measure that and all those (laughs) things when, you know, we go through typically a three to six month evaluation of who is the end consumer. How do they go through the customer journey within that digital platform and then convert on what our clients believe to be their end goal, which is sometimes Mm -hmm. different, a majority of the time different than what their customer would like to have experience what they would like to experience on the site. And then by the time you get there, the technology has evolved or there's a new piece that's been added. There's a new app. There's a new, you know, bit of technology that we need to enhance. But that customer is going, well, we'll be fine. We'll wait three years for that. How do you consult with your client's today to get them to that point and go you know what as soon as we break ground or as soon as we do the ribbon cutting this building will we will start to envision how it evolves
1: right man that's the changing of our profession right there you summed it up yeah. you know from the old days of i need a building well here you go right right to now it's the client and the the process so that middle part was the clients have more involvement. Yeah. Right. You're walking them through a process. You're getting them to realize what they're asking you for. That's the that's the hardest part. Because so many times we get clients that come and ah, I want you to just build out this space or I want to do this. Here's my budget. And you say, okay, that that's all great. Awesome. If that's all you want, then don't worry about this interview process garbage. Just go throw a dart at Dartboard or ask everybody for a letter that says, what's their fee. Yeah. Right. Cause that's all you're really doing. You don't, if you're really trying to figure out what space you want yeah, and what it needs to be to meet your end goals and your, then we're going to have several meetings and we're going to probably have the first two meetings where we're just getting to know each other and trying to figure out. And I'm, I think it's similar in your guys' world too. It's like, yeah, you might be asking me for this, but until you really understand everything that's going into this, and understand what I'm doing for you, you're not truly gonna give me feedback that I need, get your product right to get your end results that you want.
0: So in our world, there's you can go to this website and you can put your credit card information in and you know, they promise that you can have an end result for X amount of dollars per yeah. month for the lifespan of the entire solution. You know, you just manage it yourself. And customers typically gauge our proposals, our experience Mm -hmm. with them based on what they go out and, you know, they'll Google website or CRM or mobile app or whatever Mm -hmm. that is. And the software as a service companies have captured that space and they'll go through and have used marketing companies that have done a really good job saying this is the experience that you're going to have. And here's the results. Yep. Just put in your credit card information, start here. And then the hard questions start coming like, okay, logo goes here, the size. Well, how do I right. redo it? And then, <laughs> oh, wait wait a minute. It says copy block here. Well, what's the copy supposed to say? And, and then the team start to go, wait a minute. Like Now we have to go back and create this copy. And then, oh, wait a minute. Like it says photograph. Well, what photograph should we use? And, and all those things. So how is technology... Changed your experience with your your customer because I know at one point architects I, I can still have the the vision in my head and I, I hope it's still this but you actually sit down and listen and consult with your clients and you have freehand capabilities yep. where you're drawing these things but do you have the same challenges from um, you know your consumer experience
1: Yeah, some of that's it's coming back with a hand drawing being able to sketch. While you're in meetings with a client, because that and that really comes from the technology side where everybody used to be hand drawn. They could do that for their client. Then you get the computer. Now you have a bunch of people that can make models, make renderings, but they can't communicate with the client till they go away for two weeks and come back with some renderings. Then go back, go away again. And so you don't get that interaction. So now everybody's looking, no, let's sit down, sketch this out. Where did we go wrong? What did we get right? What did we do? And so that experience is changing and evolving, bringing some old in to the new. But the new is really, it's really educating what people, what we do and becoming more the expert. Yeah. You know, what experience are you bringing? And, you know, you bring that up is okay, here's experience A. Here's experience B. You want to pay me the least amount of fee I can do this for? Then you're going to get one to two meetings. You're not going to have a lot of input. You're going to we're going to try and capture everything in a very short amount of time, you know, and you're going to get what you get. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, 90 percent of people we work with are not you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy at the end. You think you are because look at all the money we're saving, but you're not. And then you get changes and they want to do more and all. And then you have experience B, which is somewhere in the middle and experience C, where you were actually sitting down we're having those conversations. We're working through your problem or your opportunity to get you an end result of what you want. Because I don't know, I mean, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I want this building and I want it to be X, Y, Z. And I want it to be zero net energy. And you say, okay, to make that happen, you're adding 30% to your overall, just right on the top of your overall cost. And they usually look at you like, oh, well, okay, now you got to get the calculator out. Can you save that much money? Then becomes a number game, right? Because everyone comes in with a budget of, I don't know. Everyone knows what cars cost. Yeah. But when you talk about buildings, it's like, wait, what? That cost what? Yeah. And it's like, hey, you want to do what you want to do. It's $300 a square foot. You know, well, wait, what? But the strip mall over here costs, you're not. Well, if you want a strip mall, we can do a strip mall. But your utilities are going to cost you double. (laughs) Everything's going to cost more. Yeah,
0: but what we hear so much of is, There's proven processes and procedures, and and all this technology is continuously evolving to really tell us what we want anyway. And when you get there and you get to the result of what the technology says that you should want versus what the customer wants.
1: This is the Little Red Schoolhouse. Have you ever heard about the Little Red Schoolhouse?
0: No, but educate me. So
1: the Little Red Schoolhouse was an initiative – Gosh, it's been some time ago, maybe 20 years ago, where we're going to have this data. Yeah. And you're going to plug it into whatever school, and it's going to spit out this design. The design is going to be X, Y, Z, these five things, block or whatever. And it's going to be really efficient. And we're going to have to pay these consultants' fees. They're outrageous. We're not going to have schools that it basically make all the schools look exactly the same. Yeah. Right. They would function exactly the same. Well, why is that unrealistic? From a bean counter standpoint, it's awesome, right? Wonderful. We, yeah. Hey, I, wait, I, we're going to pay this consultant one time and then we can just take it, copy and it, it. Boom, boom, boom. Stamp, they pop up everywhere. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: It's taking that one building and putting it out. Well, problem is now there's actual data. Number one, buildings should be designed to the community. Number one, right? Yeah. And the end user, how is it going to fit in that community? How does it fit within that school corporation? How does it fit with that yeah. group that you're building for, right? How is right. it going to function? This school doesn't function like that school, that school bigger, whatever. But there's also long-term costs. So you do those cookie cutters. What are you doing? You're, you're remodeling every year. You're not able to get if it's a school where you're trying to attack, attract kids because now this private school can attract because they're doing cool stuff right yeah. and now you're just doing this cookie cutter how are you attracting new students and how are you getting students to be engaged and how are you integrating new technology right because you just have well now you're spending more money on the back end yeah. to do that right because your building's not designed for any of that future nah. growth future design future what's coming 10 years from now and so that's the little red schoolhouse i know some people who were up in arms uh with new legislation that might be out there that every federal building has to be, have this classic style. And I don't think the intent was that every building's got to be a cookie cutter. I think the intent was more, you know, the building we're in. It was done in 1914. That was the style. There's a history. I mean, why did we used to design banks the way we did? Because everybody wanted to look at the outside of the bank and go, "That was
0: that's a secure place. Secure place. That's where to, my, money's to put going my money going put my money now. Yeah. More in the
1: digital, so it doesn't matter as much, right? It's more about the experience that when you come to the bank. Yeah. It's not the guy coming to the bank to deposit his check anymore. It's about coming to the bank and having a consumer experience. Yeah. So everything changes. So I think people, because of politics, took it way what the intent – I think the intent was just, I mean, these buildings are stable they a solid foundation of our country, yeah. our constitution, whatever. I don't think it was meant to be a cookie cutter stamp. Yeah. Right. That being said, controlling design in that way, I don't think is appropriate. I think the building should reflect, again, the community and about the community. And, and because I think once you get, you know, all the design safety features designed into it, what you see is going to be predetermined anyway. So, I don't know. I think we can talk about that all day, but it's, yeah. it's really a, every building's going to be unique and different. And, and it's about the people that engage with it. People that use it, people that have to fix it up, maintain it. Yeah. All have to have a say and an input. Otherwise you're just going to spend money down the road. When do you want to spend money now or over the next 10 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So as an architect, um, our uh, individuals that come through, our guest on the podcast, are going to get asked the same question. Uh, I said it earlier that uh, I believe experience is an emotional connection to a physical place or something that is tangible. What's a place that makes you emotional, like a physical place that you've walked into? <laughs> I want to steal your question.
1: Yeah, I, well, I always think about a uh, every every time it comes up. So I'll try not to get emotional because I can already feel it because mm-hmm. when I just talk about it. but. It's really a DC, the Vietnam Memorial, and then Arlington National Cemetery. And there's actually a statue rolling in as you come into Arlington. I believe it's an Arlington. It's been I haven't been there in years. Can't I've wanted to go back for many years. Um, experience it again. I was I was young when I did it the first time, old enough to appreciate it, but still young. But the and I thought it was at Arlington National Cemetery. You know, obviously you have the Changing of the Guard, which is like. Crazy, wild. Wow. I've to only watch
0: experienced it. this stuff online. I've oh not my been to BC. When
1: you are there, I mean, it's just it's crazy. The weight and the history, and especially like the Vietnam Memorial. When you think about why it's designed the way it is, and the two connection points. Yeah, and I w- I'll probably get it wrong, but I think the biggest thing was that you have these names etched on there, and then it's a reflection. So when someone touches the wall, yeah, their image is reflecting back. But you have this. You know, but to go there, if you haven't been there and you you start out and it's like level with the sidewalk and there's one name, you know, both in and it goes to the middle and it's 20 feet tall, I think, or something. And there are all these names and you're just walking along this path and it represents the first death and the last death of the Vietnam War and everything in between, you know. Yeah, And and it's pretty, but going into Arlington National Cemetery, but I think I'm pretty sure it was there, you know. Memory, but there's a uh, monument to the Seabees because my dad was a Navy CB, Okay. And over in two tours in Vietnam back in the day. And so he was a corpsman. And so it was always like, he never told me a lot about it. He always kept it private. I don't think he was proud of his service and proud of the Navy in this country. But yeah, I think he just didn't tell me a lot about what happened over there. And so it was a very personal connection. But That space, being there, is like really the weight of what, you know, everyone says it, that all these people sacrificed so that we could do this podcast. Yeah. You know, and they didn't even know us. Yeah. They don't even know who we are. They've never met us when people were going off to war. They never met the people that were, you know, in California. And and yet they're laying down their lives for us. And it's it's pretty powerful.
0: It's amazing that you have that entrenched in what an emotional space is and yet i go completely from washington dc all the way my space is actually that i've been to that in physically like wept and as i was out there tried to bring my emotions somewhat in check because i was crying like a baby was uh, pearl harbor yeah like being out there on that boat you know on that little uh, not little but monument looking down in water knowing yeah i didn't experience it but i've experienced it through all kinds of technology i've watched the movies mm-hmm. i've watched the history chant like what was actually taking place and then to be standing right there and it's so quiet yeah like you can hear the trees blowing you can hear the waves you know right. gently hitting The peer, Like just the whole thing and to imagine what that was like in that moment. Yeah, that was a space that, I mean, as minimal of a space that you stand on could bring so many, so many emotions.
1: Right. And I haven't been there yet. Yeah. I also haven't been back to the towers. I actually got to go up in the World Trade Center, but I haven't been back.
0: I have uh, many memories of New York City, my wife and I spent uh, a week there together early on and when we first met each other and it was still there I still have pictures of where I could look up through they were on film and mm-hmm. the weave of the ribs of the building yeah. and the way the sun hit them and just the pure awe of how tall it was and you know getting off the subway and I can remember being inside I guess it's the basement where the subway was yep. at yeah and having a coffee like yeah, we were just yeah we're we're students there on you know uh, we're going to all the museums and on, all of a sudden it was 4:30 and like the bells go off and the things and, and just this sea yeah. of people and i'm just sitting there drinking this cup of coffee at this little stand in this basic right. mall but it's like the sea of people and this interaction of these things i'll never forget that and then the day i saw that on on the news that it was, you know, the towers were yeah. under attack. I mean, just the, it took me back to that one moment and going, you know, how different that could have been, you know? And Yeah. And did was, you, I mean,
1: I went up to the roof. I did not so go I took to the, one. Yeah. There was a so club in there and yeah. there was a, a lot of other. We actually got to physically walk on the roof. Ooh. And so you took, I know it was at least two, but you, I think you took three different elevators. To make it that high, and then somewhere before the last elevator that you go up there, there one of the floors was just basically a a museum exhibit, for lack of a better word, that you walk the whole floor around in a circle, and it just tells you the kind of the history of New York, Mm -hmm. history of the World Trade Center, shows you some models, and you kind of walk around the. It was a time killer. Because you've now been on these elevators trying to get up there. But yeah, we walked up there and it was at the end of the day. So the sun was going down. It was a really cool, you know, experience. But yeah, I was old enough film. Like you brought film because the funniest thing was I was up there and the wind was blowing. I think if you're at the very edge, you probably could feel the building Uh, kind of sway a little bit. (laughs) But I was back far enough and funniest thing was like really still, but Photograph still had a little bit of blur to it. Okay. Because of the building sway. Yeah. It's like, well, if you would have even if you would have had a tripod, you probably would have got the same effect because of the night exposure. Yeah. Like during the day, it probably wouldn't have mattered. But since it was the sun was going down, it was getting night, and I thought, oh, this would be cool with all the lights in the city. And yeah, it turned out to be just slightly blurry, but still have it, still cool. Yeah. But yeah, to see the weight of that and just think back and go, God, you're standing under all that weight whenever.
0: Yeah. Personally,
1: Heights, just
0: thinking about like what you're talking about there makes my hands sweat a little bit. But (laughs) we we went to the top of the Empire State Building the day before. Yeah. So I was up there and I couldn't even like get – I would – we went up the elevator and we got out and I – yeah, the the edge was not an option for me. So then, when everybody started talking about going to the top of the trade center, I was like, uh, that's an experience that somebody else can have." Yeah. And I just, uh, I that's one of the reasons why I was down at the coffee shop, uh, just trying to relax and, and take in a bit of New York City at a, at a busy, busy time. But that space, I, I'm going back to New York here in a month and a half. Mm-hmm to a conference and definitely we'll spend a day in that area and just kind of reflect of what it was like to, number one, be in the original building Mm -hmm. and then see how it's changed. And I understand that that museum itself is, is breathtaking. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. So uh, we'll be going through that. So that's just one of the questions, listeners. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been going on here for Nearly an hour, and these are the types of questions that we're going to meet with civic leaders. We're going to meet with other architects, other digital groups, uh, graphic designers, just anyone who is interested in in the convergence of digital, of uh, physical space, and and people talking with people and how we all connect. And so,
1: what's your product? What's you my did, product? Do we get to that? What's your product that you? uh experience every day that you think is well designed and
0: it's hard for me to not think of my my iphone i've been a a guy that's been connected to that thing since it came out yeah actually the mobile device before the iphone like i can remember the day i had my first trio <laughs> and it was you know, it was on the Sprint network, and I was going to be able to liberate myself mm-hmm. from you know the desktop and these laptop things, and I was going to be able to be all over the world and and work wherever yeah. I wanted to be and respond to all those crazy emails. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say today that that it's my favorite. Um, I go back to things like I really do look at physical things like the fork. <laughs> I am going, yeah. like, all the way down there um, going, this thing hasn't changed much. No. And still. as much as you want to put it on your wedding registry as being different and yeah. having unique silverware, like, it is a piece that's been tried and true
1: for, for yeah. many, many. Kind of like chopsticks, too. I think that falls in the same. Oh, How many yeah. centuries has that been around? And yeah. Still, they're used. Yeah. All over. So,
0: so I want... To be the the pioneer on innovation and talk about how I, I love the iPhone, but as I've kind of went through my journey, I I really do respect things like the fork and the knife yeah. and the hammer.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll do some similar because and go kind of the digital to the to the simple and the iPod.
0: That yeah. was one
1: that really was like wow, because the digital music, because yeah. I was the guy, you know, with 150 CDs, because like all different kinds of music, whatever music speaks to me, I'm not just like, oh, I only like these artists. And I usually yeah. like the whole album, the whole album experience. I think we talked about that before. Yeah. As opposed to just, oh, there's the two popular songs. That's all I want. No, no. I still like the whole album.
0: Still yeah. I still
1: like listening to the whole album, but the digital music, because you could just, I mean, how much you can. As as opposed to having you know, a case full of CDs and, uh, and stuff like that, you can take it around. But then I always I always go back to mine is always the the pen, yeah. As an architect, and I still have my Repidiograph pens that have all the, I think it was a set of twelve it has, all different line weights, right? And you got filled up yeah. with ink, and and I love just hand drawing with those and creating sketches of buildings and and three dimensional spaces with them because. Something so simple, it's been around since Caveman, right? To write, and that's what a lot of what differentiates us, right? From
0: that is the experience that, that really changed the communication, yeah. you know, to be able to document history and whatever that experience was with, I believe, fire that got them to the, yeah. to
1: and, the but, Flint. But and I mean, it. we even have touchscreens now, but we still have the stylus that yeah. you pull yeah. out and write, scribble with. So, yeah, just yeah. another form of pen.
0: No, that's. uh. When you were talking there, I was going to you know the hammer, a rock, and a yeah. a rock and a stick, and <laughs> let's you know use that for, and then let's sharpen that and turn that into whether it be an axe or a knife or whatever it was. But it's it's all evolved from that hammer.
1: And well, and that's the right that because you said axe, and then pops in my head because we're you know part of the experience, consumer experience now is all lean, and how, yeah. how can we be lean and, and what was it? Uh, Abraham Lincoln, get six hours to cut down a tree. Yeah. I'm going to spend the first four shop running my axe.
0: That's right. You know I mean? Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's truly, I think there's fewer and fewer people that really understand that. And I think there's more and more people that the task is cut down the tree and they'll just go Yeah, start cutting. They don't even think, well, but how can I do this in the most efficient manner? That's right. Right. <laughs>
0: Well, my goal moving forward is thinking on how we can communicate as a community, as families, you know, communicate and voice orders, you know, not to be the spoiler of things. But as I become, you know, giant certified in that communication process on, you know, just the thought alone of all people speak, just Rarely mm-hmm. often do they feel that they're heard. Right, and trying to create experiences where where that takes place, whether it be a digital experience or the next event that happens on the corner of at five thirty on yeah. Main, whether it be inspired by innovation or a jazz and wine festival, whatever that is, um, being able to have those conversations and make sure that uh, that everyone is heard.
1: So, and I guess if we, to wrap it up. I don't know how to explain this still.
0: I think I, it's don't of, I
1: think you're going to tune in and find get something different every podcast and I think that's our goal, right? That is Everyone absolutely would be the a, goal. And a different experience. Yeah, we want different conversation.
0: Different conversations. Everyone is is going through a different portion of their life. Everyone is, you know, professionally in in a different uh, day in a different light if you will, and it all comes around communicate how we engage one another, not only as individuals across the table, but as we walk down the streets, and then we connect later on a digital platform, whether it be a text message or an email or whatever that would would be. But I think the listeners are going to to get a lot out of it. I said earlier we have f- individuals creating physical tools. We have people that are creating big community uh, movements. We have individuals creating physical spaces, digital spaces, and this conversation, as we can already tell, can go on for (laughs) nearly hours. So uh, stick with us. We appreciate you. Uh, On the podcast, please like, share it with your friends. Let everybody know that it's out there. Rate this one a one or a five. I'm sure we've, uh, we've went over the time that you could physically spend on a podcast but just tell us say this is a one for this reason or this is a five this is awesome i can't wait to hear who you have at the table and uh, we will evolve and design this experience to your liking and and everyone's uh, input so we're at uh, extend groups on social media we're on instagram twitter facebook youtube uh, we're at TheExtendGroup.com. You can reach me at Sean.Collins at TheExtendGroup.com. Mike, where's VPS in the the digital world? And how can the listeners connect with you?
1: Gosh, probably our website um, initially would be www.VPSArch.com. And that would be our website. And then you can learn more about us there.
0: Yeah. Well, for the listeners, once again, thank you for tuning in. This is the first episode of At 530 on Main, located here in the Extension Studio at 530 Main Street in Evansville, Indiana. And we hope that you come back, listen to more of the podcast with our guests. We will continue to bring the individuals who are working To create a stronger community both in digital and physical experiences thank you for tuning in and we will chat soon thank you
1: thanks again for tuning into this episode of at 530 on maine hosted by sean collins and mike davis please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes and if you've enjoyed the conversation help us spread the word Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without
0: you, this experience would not be possible.